everybody. Harry Carey at Wrigley Field on this noteworthy night indeed. 8-8-88. That's the date. And this bud's for you, Bill Murray. Thank you, Harry. I've been dying under these lights until you handed me this thing. It's such a pleasure to see you, especially on a noteworthy event like this one. Well, I don't know how I feel about night baseball. It's great in the minor leagues, but it's someplace else to go in town besides your restaurant, which is a good thing. <laughs> you know, uh, how's your mother, by the way? My mother is, uh, she's off the booze real pretty, but she's doing really well. She's doing great. That bit you put on when you were, when I was sick and you were on and did such a great job, the bit you did about your mother, among other things, I think it should be a special cassette. You ought to sell about 10 million of them. Well, uh, I've got uh, 200000 of my own, which I'm willing to unload for some sort of a price. But uh, my mother really wants too big a percentage, so I'm keeping them in, a gar in the garage right now at home. Have you thought about broadcasting baseball as something after you're tired of uh, being a great star of movies, stage, television, screen, whatever you have? I think when I completely lose my mind here, I'm going to step right up into your spot here in the booth. There's no doubt about you being a Cub, a true Cub fan, is there? Well, I went with the blue and white tonight, figuring I could look like the ground crew in case I got thrown out, I could get back in. It's really beautiful. It's the most beautiful park in the world, and it's it's pretty under the lights, too. That's what I was hoping. Tell me, Bill, where are you making your own now? In Hollywood or in New York? Well, I'm making it in New York. What's, the, what's happening in your career? Anything new? Uh, well, I made a movie called Scrooge that's going to come out. Scrooge. I'll bet you you've got to be screwed. Yes, that's right. And I would imagine that's hilariously funny. You have a vivid imagination, Harry. You really do. It better be funny. There's going to be big trouble for me. Yeah. Bill, good to see you. Stick good around you, for a little while. I know it's warm up here. Okay. Bill Murray, a priceless guy. Don't go away now because we're going to be back with the first night baseball game ever played at Wrigley Field. Coming up... This episode is brought to you by Challengers Comics and Conversation. Go to challengerscomics.com and start the conversation now. Daniels Law LLC in Georgia. Visit dlawllc.com. Kerberos Productions. The minds behind the games enter the pit and kaiju a go-go. Search for Kerberos, K-E-R-B-E-R-O-S, on Steam, or go to kerberos-productions.com to check out their growing catalog of titles. We became such great losers. Good, good sports, good losers. I just hope we're good winners. I hope we're good winners. I hope we're just as good sports as winners as we were when we didn't win. You know what I mean? Thank you, sir. Do you recycle? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Recycle that for me. Uh, Still playing with Toys.net presents the Ghostbusters Interdimensional Crossroad, the biggest podcast since 1909. Stop free. News, interviews, and commentary on everything Ghostbusters. Are you the keymaster? Here are your hosts, Troy Benjamin and Chris Stewart. Oh, we have fun. Woo! What was the Halloween vibe like out there? Were there a lot of Harley Quinns, a lot of David S. Pumpkins? What? Uh, what was the prevailing costume that you saw? Uh, no, it was a good mixed bag of, of stuff, to be honest. Um, I didn't see a single Harley Quinn. Oh, I really? didn't see any David S. Pumpkins. Well, that's kind of the thing that you know adults clue into. This is, you know, like I said, this is all yeah. kids. So yeah, you know, the usual at least princess, Harley Quinn, princesses. I would think. Yeah, because we saw a couple uh, of those, but. 
couple of homebrew Pokemon, which is always impressive. Yes, yeah, we saw a couple of those too. Go what, what guy. I saw one kid coming wearing his. Um, which Canadian team still survives? The Expos. I guess it was yeah. <laughs> oh, the Expos. baseball was yeah. I think Montreal's still the only one. He came walking up or Toronto, the, right? In the yeah baseball uniform, and I'm like, ah, no, that's <laughs> that's a day of. And then he steps into the light. He's, he's I realize as he I realized when he walked away a second later. He was wearing a Batista jersey, and he had he, he had painted on a beard like a Batista beard. And I was like, "All right, kid, <laughs> yeah, have some candy. That's not bad, good. not bad." What? Uh, but no, it's a whole bunch of yeah, just a total mixed bag of kids. That's yeah. The princesses. We noticed a lot of princesses. The um, is it Elena of Avalon? What's the what's the princess that's on Disney Junior? There were a ton of her. Oh, I don't know. Um, but uh, yeah, what what was the Ghostbusters contingent uh, like? Were there Did, any? Didn't see a single one. None. Interesting. A friend of mine that I went to university with, the family themes up every year. Um, like last year, they went as he went as uh, the Doctor, the tenth, ninth, eighth Doctor, I guess. And uh, his little guy went as uh, Cyberman. And then this year. <laughs> Uh, his kid went as uh, Slimer, and uh, he dressed up as uh, Lewis Tully. Oh man, <laughs> so, that's awesome! Yeah, but no, nothing around my neighborhood. Um, huh? Yeah, we yeah. saw we saw a couple. Actually, we saw a couple new Ghostbusters and one uh, classic Ghostbuster. And the the two that were dressed up as new Ghostbusters, they saw me because I was wearing my you know suit, and I wasn't I didn't have my pack on, but. Uh, and uh, they were kind of like, huh, all right, whatever. And then the one classic Ghostbuster kid came up like, I know what you are. Like, yeah, I know what you are, too. <laughs> we're dressed up very similarly right now. That's uh, funny. But, uh, but yeah, that was, I, there were a lot of Iron Man. Iron Man, uh, Cap, Cap America. Uh, yeah, I saw a few store-bought superheroes. Those are pretty yeah, standard every year. Superheroes, a few Batman, a few Caps. One Darth Vader. Uh, but yeah, no new Star Wars, no yeah. new Ghostbusters. Yeah, yeah no yeah. Rays. No, I was expecting a few more Rays, Kylo Ren's, but uh, that, nah. was, that was the only thing that I was expecting that I didn't see. Ah, uh, well. Uh, did you see um, Karen Sony dress up as Benny as a Ghostbuster? So it was, yeah. it was very meta. It was him <laughs> dressing up as a character, dressing up as a character. Yes, it was very funny. And I'm looking at him going, the collar's supposed to be open, buddy. The collar's supposed to be open. <laughs> yes, they made it so you can snap it over. That's by design, but keep it open, buddy. Yeah. Well, you know, maybe Benny. Uh, Benny's very proper about it. Benny's Could be. in the dress uniform uh, version of the, the suit. His suit looked pretty good, though. I mean, considering yeah. it's, it's a tough pattern out there to find in terms of the dicky uh, overall pattern of, of stuff to find. but Yeah, I'm trying to figure job. out if either he found the uh, whatever the simplicity uh, sewing pattern and had somebody make it see the trouble with looking at Hollywood people at Halloween is you know yeah, their true. access to resources is high right uh, he, he has the crew sheet that he can contact the costume designer on the film exactly. and be like hey can hello. I get that? <laughs> yeah. would you like to make some money on the side hello <laughs> Because that was the impressive part is that it did all button up. I don't think the store-bought ones 
Like the store-bought ones, even yeah. the higher-priced... What do they call it? What does Ruby's call their fancy one? Oh, they're... Uh, I can't remember anymore. Yeah. Whatever the equivalent of Deluxe is. Yeah. 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 Super Diamond. Super Anyways. Diamond. <laughs> they, uh, yeah, they're all supposed to emulate, not you know what they look like in the on the big screen, not what the actual uniform right is right. whereas his yeah it buttoned up yeah, which makes me good. wonder if yeah like I said, went to somebody that knew how to make one and got them to make one maybe and it definitely i don't think it was that amazon there's that one that was on amazon from i don't know one of the cosplay manufacturers one of those you know mass produced uh comes from hong kong uh yeah i don't places. think so it didn't look like it was that one either so yeah uh, good, Sneaking good suspicion, Karen. he just knew somebody that you know was good with a sewing machine. Yeah, in the, in the biz. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. But overall, pretty pretty good Halloween. I don't. I mean, uh, I know you're you're in the midst of of doing a lot of shuffling and trying to get some stuff from point A to point B, and hopefully oh, yeah. you guys were able to enjoy it uh, in 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 either old or new neighborhood. <laughs> I've got my uh, my winter planned out. It'll be in the garage culling. So much stuff. <laughs> Never again. You gotta, you gotta call all the stuff so that you have that garage to start building some props. You gotta. It's. I think it's pack time for you. Yeah. Well, I, I finally have a garage. They had a. They didn't have a workbench, but they had uh, the, the what do you call it? The. There's probably a term for it. What's that particle board with the holes in it? Oh, that you can holy hang board? stuff from the, <laughs> the holy board. Yeah. Holy board, something. Yeah, you know the one that you put the pegs in to hang yeah. your, you know. Yeah. Put the put all the power tools up there and display them uh, proudly. Yeah, yeah that kind well, of thing. it's time to. Yeah. I, I finally get to all my uh, mom's brothers, uh, for the most part, <clears throat> are uh, are tool based guys, <laughs> except for the one that uh, answered the. The higher calling, the rest is like electrical engineers and contractors uh-huh. and all that. So I remember from a young age going down to my um, uh, one uncle had his work uh, shop down in the basement. And, yeah, he had the, the pegboard. Pegboard! Pegboard, there called. you go, yeah. <sighs> it's always like so very neat and organized. Yeah. Like everything has holy its board. place. Well, his was – he went. He was the kind of guy that went so far as to outline it with marker so you knew what oh, went where. Wow. Do you know what I mean? That's yeah. dedication, man. That's <sighs> Anyways, they have that still there. They even left me some pegs. How nice. Oh, nice of but, them. But, uh, yeah, I'm gonna, I've been looking up uh, instructions for those really solid – you know, you go get the, um, the, the fence uh, posts – Right to yeah. to make legs, you know the big uh, not two by fours, but yeah, the four the by fours horses or whatever they're called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A couple of big, and then yeah, you know, just a big heavy wooden top. You yeah, know. there's all these ones you can buy. Like, go to Canadian Tire and get a get a workbench, and it's like, yeah, the minute I start hammering on something, <laughs> everything's bouncing <laughs> around. It's like, or it collapses. Yeah, man, I want one that takes. Uh, I want one that I have to abandon next time i move because there's no it's not coming with me it's a couple of steel oil drums with uh yeah that's the way to do yeah i so much room for activities oh my god i'm so happy well congratulations on the house man that's it's great news you've got a great recording space you sound excellent uh we're gonna do some sweet podcasting there and it's gonna be a place to all the mic holders yeah it's gonna be yes i love it i love it some Egg cartons up on the wall or something. You know what I mean? Like yeah, studio a proper studio. You're gonna yeah. you're gonna sound silky and smooth. <laughs> There's a cupboard I haven't examined yet. 
Well, hello. Well, hello there. Uh, well, hey, speaking of silky pipes, it's been a while since you and I have talked, so uh, we, had right. a lot of, we had a lot of news. It's only been two weeks. All right. It's been two weeks. It feels like it's been forever, though. That's what happens when you and I talk every week, and then we're like, oh, we're going to do the Halloween episode, and then we're going to do this, and then we don't talk for like three weeks. But uh, yeah, you, and I, you and I talk, and the Cubs win the series. So. Yep. Yeah. Well, hey, that's that's going to be our first news item up here because we're going to talk about Mr. Bill Murray, who's having a hell of an October now. <laughs> I saw Eric, Eric Andre uh, uh, tweeted, uh, take care of Bill Murray, uh, Chicago. Make <laughs> yes. sure he gets home safe. <laughs> Please care to Mr. Murray. <laughs> he, he will party very hard He's if you allow him to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and I'm sure he will. I'm sure he, as we are recording this, because we we are recording this immediately after the Cubs just won the World Series. So um, the world Bases may ball. be ending out there. There may be uh, cars being overturned and stuff being caught on fire. And no, hopefully every, everything is good. Hopefully everybody is being safe, not doing anything stupid. <laughs> just doing tequila shots with Bill Murray, as you should. That's right. That's the way to do it. But uh, yeah, let's let's jump into news. We'll we'll talk some more, Mr. Murray. Let's let's do this. Hey guys, Peter. I have some news from the world of Gozer. I got some pretty cool stuff cooking up over here. If you want to turn your head, I improved beam accuracy by adding plasma shields to RF discharge chamber. I have cryo cooler to reduce helium boil off. And to dub it all up, we got a freaking Faraday cage. So as promised, uh, Bill Murray is the the lead story here, uh, as he should be, um, not because his beloved Cubs won the World Series. We're very happy for him, and we're very happy for the Cubs and Chicago fans. He's adorable when he's he's, happy. I know. It's it's good to see that guy happy, especially, you know, knowing... Well, and it's it's funny, because this news item sort of brings that up too seeing Bill Murray get emotional is something that it's like watching your dad cry you go oh oh my god he's he's human he's he's an ordinary person he has feelings he's he's vulnerable (laughs) um so yeah so you know seeing him at the World Series being so exuberant and so happy has been really great but um seeing him he was awarded the Mark Twain Prize for American uh humor uh, by the Kennedy Center, it's one of the the grandest Kennedy Center honors. A lot of good comedians, uh, Will Ferrell, Tina Fey, uh, so on and so forth. They've all won this award. Um, but even better uh, than the Samuel Clemens Award. Even better than yeah. <laughs> is it Samuel L. Clemens or is it just Samuel Clemens? Read a book. Ah, read a book. Read a book, people. All I can picture anyway. is uh, Mark Twain on the holodeck. But, uh, <laughs> but anyway, um, uh, yeah, Hal Holbrook. Exactly. Or Val Kilmer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but so, yeah, so, so Bill, uh, you know, we, we talked about it a few weeks ago. He received the Mark Twain prize. We're going to talk about it this week because they actually broadcast the award ceremony, which means all of the clips went up online and we got to hear everybody's speeches. Um, it was a very cool night. A lot of really great people were on hand. Jane Curtin, uh, probably gave one of my favorite speeches. You know, she got up there. Jane looks awesome. She was so funny and she had her prepared speech that, uh, was actually the form of a fan letter uh, that she had written from a, a couple that had gotten married that Bill crashed their wedding. Very funny stuff. Uh, Bill Hader showed up as one of Bill Murray's uh, former Catholic school teachers. That was really good. Um, David Letterman was one of the last speakers who got very emotional, and he talked about you know, going to his uh, son's christening, and Bill Murray had given his own christening gown to David Letterman and his family. Just very, like, heartfelt, really genuine yes. stuff. He couriered it over within 24 hours. Yeah, I mean... Uh, after he mentioned offhand 
Yeah, what are you doing this weekend? Uh, yeah. Very, just, you know, again, we do hear a lot of stories of, if you listen to the Yes Have Some podcast, uh, there there was a very, <laughs> very particular story about an autograph seeker that, that they called out uh, that Bill was a little stern with and, you know, did, did not grant the autograph. Uh, but, you know, for all of those stories, you know, there are a lot of stories that this guy, you know, is just a genuine guy and, you know, he shows up to the Oval Office in his Cubs of... Uh, uh, whatever that's a track jacket or windbreaker, you know, and, and that's just, he's a, he's an irreverent guy. Um, but he, I don't know, Chris, something about this. It reminded me of when he appeared at the scream awards, the, um, that spike TV thing where he dressed up like a ghostbuster and he said, don't read into this. I had nothing that was clean. Right. Uh, but you know, he dedicated that award to those that had passed, you know, he talked about John Candy, John Belushi, Gilda Radner, um, and you could see uh, the lump in his throat and the tears that he's choking back. And you could see that at that award. And this, I also really felt the same way, you know, when he finally got up as the the night built up to him accepting his award, you know, he got up there and he talked about, you know, that this proves to him that in the end it's everything is love, you know, that this, this is love. I feel the love in the room. You guys love me. I love you back. You know, it was just very, it was very un-Bill Murray-like, for lack of a better term. <laughs> Did you get that sense, too? Like, that he was, he bit, was yeah. kind of faced with his mortality, and he was being very honest, and, you know, even though he was letting them pass the award around, and he's like, just make sure that I can keep it in sight, that kind of thing. Uh, yeah. You would think he would just was blow a- this kind of thing off. Uh, no. Well, no, and I think the secret there is that uh, high honors like this was an opportunity for him to thank uh, uh, the, you know the people that made it made it possible for him and in particular yeah. you know he gave a big thanks to his older brother who right uh, ever, anybody who doesn't know who uh, uh, Mr. Doyle Murray is uh, he's the well briefly he makes a cameo in um, Ghostbusters 2 as the psychiatric doctor um, yeah yeah and he's got a, a distinguished career of his own and he you know um, uh, went to Second City before Bill went there and wasn't he I think he may have for one season was a player on SNL or he, something. Yeah, he was in that sort of weird Robert Downey oh, Jr. year. Oh, the Robert Downey Jr. Correctly. Gilbert yeah. Godfrey yeah. year. Yeah, okay. But, well, um, that's unfortunate, but... Yeah, but yeah, but it's interesting. I mean, that, that was the sort of meat of his speech was saying that, you know, amid his working class family, uh, you know, here's his older brother who's like, I'm going to go be in a theater show. <laughs> and, you know, yeah. comes, comes back and... While taking care of the family, no less. Yeah, and and is still yeah acting acting as the patriarch of the family, and um, you know it's it it was again it was very especially after seeing Brian Doyle Murray get up there and speak and and talking about his brother and and how proud he was. uh, Although the majority of his speech was about the Cubs, which I think is also very telling (laughs) of them. But uh, (laughs) their their head was all over the place that night. (laughs) It really was. It really was. But uh, so yeah. So I don't. uh, I mean, I think. There were a lot of really great speeches. It was an hour and a half broadcast, and I'm sure that was cut down because even Ivan Reitman didn't make the actual broadcast cut. So I'm pretty sure that the event itself was a two or three hour affair. Um, But I think I I just wanted to play a couple of clips here, especially one from uh, Ivan Reitman, uh, Murray himself, and then just a little bit. Sigourney Weaver tells the same story that she kind of always tells about the first time she met Bill. So it's something you guys have heard probably countless times, but. 
but she also, she, she talks a, a little bit about their personal relationship in there too. Um, and then uh, there were a couple of, of digs at uh, his reluctance to do a Ghostbusters movie. I'm not going to play those, but those were really funny as well. Uh, so here's here's a few few clips. Uh, let's let's call this a select reel from the uh, the Mark Twain Prize. Well, wouldn't you be if you could? I mean, if when you did show up, it was a delight rather than a disappointment. If you didn't, it's the best way to live life. Every time he comes to the show, we're pleased that he showed up. We don't know for sure that he's going to. First time I met Bill Murray was at a rehearsal of the National Lampoon. Now the cast was John Belushi, Gilda Radner, Harold Ramis, Bill, and his brother Brian Doyle Murray. And they'd been working together for a while. I made the mistake of actually saying, hey, wouldn't it be better if, and I made some suggestion, they all stopped and they all looked at me. And Bill, the bravest of the group, walks over to me. He wraps my scarf around my neck in a really dangerous way and says, hey, thanks for coming, see you later. And he, and he ushered me right out of the room. You have had some really wonderful and special moments with Bill. Yeah. What does this evening mean to you in terms of celebrating his legacy and, and his art form of comedy? You know, Bill is so unique, and I actually think Mark Twain would have adored Bill. I think they would have been great friends. Uh, I think they have a lot in common. They're both iconoclasts. They're both very hard to predict what they're going to say. And uh, I just feel like he's so much in the spirit of Twain. And it's also great to see every Murray. (laughs) There's a lot of them, right? Uh, So many of them all here tonight. So proud of him and all the kids, all the brothers and sisters. It's awesome. What's a moment that you think of that was so special when Bill Murray was on set for any of your movies? What comes to mind first? Well, the first thing that comes to mind is really the very first time I saw him on set with me, and that was on Meatballs. It was the second day of shooting. It took me, you know, months to try to get him to commit to, to do the movie. Why? <laughs> anyway, he, uh, he finally committed. <laughs> he did it. <laughs> he committed on the day, the day before we started shooting. What? And he, that close? Oh, it was close, and I wouldn't, you know, hire anybody else. I said... Mm. This movie's not going to work without him, and I'm just going to hang in there. I had worked with him before on a stage show, so I knew him, and I knew he was perfect. And he finally showed up on the second day of shooting, and, you know, um, he, he had a, the, the sides for that day in his hand. He said, you know, I don't think this really works. And he just tossed it aside. <laughs> and I said, okay, well, let's just do the first shot. I said, you're meeting all the counselors in training. You start over here. You walk over there. Let's go do it. And... Just do what you want to do. Let me see it. And he basically had taken the script, and he just changed not just the punchlines, but the sort of energy and, and the structure of that sequence, and it was way better. Wow. I said, wow. <laughs> I'm going to have to, i got to stay on top of this, and i got to move quick. i got to be nimble. i got to, because this is an extraordinary resource. And... Um, and he's a, a brilliant writer as well as, as a brilliant performer. Yeah. So it'll be great fun to do this as long as I can stay up with him and, yeah. and maintain his respect.
Don't, don't hog it, ma'am. Pass it around. Let everyone see it. Thank you, and good night. I'm sorry. It's not over. But I, I talked to God, and God just said to me that someone in this room had just said, please, God, could he just say thank you and good night? So I said that, but however, I'm going to keep speaking. <laughs> oh, wait a second. Now it appears there's several people that are... <laughs> there's a lot, of, a, a lot of people now that are saying, please go with the thank you and good night thing. <laughs> voices. Voices. <laughs> thank you, God. <clears throat> um, the voices are continuing, but... The Almighty has granted me a privilege that he grants me all the time, the ability to completely tune out all social cues. <laughs> it's nice to be here. And I don't, as much as I dreaded this, <laughs> I dreaded this, I really had to come back to this idea that there was, there's love. Um, there's love. That's what we, what we came with, what we go with. I, I, I love you, and I, I love you. And uh, we, uh, we, it's, let's just, let's try to repeat that to each other, okay? It's a big deal. I, 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 I'm not really processing it too well. I'm kind of, kind of dazed by it, you know? It's sort of like winning the lottery or something incredibly lucky. So yeah, congratulations to uh, to Bill. Very cool. Um, I'm sure Cubs winning is probably a little higher on his list than receiving this award. Although I think he enjoyed uh, being in the spotlight and sitting up in the balcony amid his sons uh, being honored by the Kennedy Center. That's a grand honor, but it's Bill Murray. He probably enjoyed the Cubs winning a little <laughs> a little bit more. It's my <laughs> guess. But, uh, they so, hand yeah. out that award every year. The, the Cubs win the how often? Yeah, well, Under eight years? The, yeah, first time since 1904 or something. So, you know, that Mark <laughs> Twain was still alive the last time the Cubs won. Uh, that's that's <laughs> The last telling time the anything. Cubs won, everybody went, hooray, the Cubs won. And the Civil War is fresh in a lot of people's <laughs> memories. <laughs> and, yeah, exactly. Brother versus brother. Uh, so yeah, so, so congrats, Bill. Uh, again, I think we all just enjoy seeing you happy, uh, again, knowing that things got really tough, uh, for a few years there. It's, it's just good to see a smile, man. So really, really cool. Uh, so let's, let's mix a little happy news with a little sad news here, Chris. Um, Ecto Cooler, uh, on the day that the Cubs won the world series, that Bill Murray is riding high, um, Coca-Cola announced that Ecto Cooler will be no more after December. Now, this is not entirely unexpected. I, I knew this was coming. I'm sure you knew this was coming as well. This was a limited time thing. We weren't expecting Ecto Cooler to stay around indefinitely, but got to get it now because um, now that Halloween is over, they're going to start getting rid of it. So if you still have some in your store and you've been holding off on purchasing it, you might want to go get it yeah. right now. A lot of interesting discussion with people going, how long can you freeze juice for? Um <laughs> That's that's a very good question because the exp the expiration date on a lot of it is April of next year, 
which yeah. also it's just sugar water. I don't understand how it can expire that quickly. I think that's just like a sell by date, right? That can't be an expiration. I think date. so. Cause high, high, high sugar content is very antibacterial. Well, and the, the, the stuff that's in the aluminum cans, that's probably going to, that's going to last a little longer than the juice boxes. I would think. Why? I don't know that one's necessarily more sealed than the other. Really? I would think. What's it I say guess, on the can? Uh, I don't know. That's a good question. Do I have a can around here? I don't know. I think I think the can is very. I think it's spring of next year as well. But don't mm-hmm. quote me on it. I don't have them. I don't have them on hand. Have we ever done a blind taste test? Could could we like get people to sample different oh. high C flavors? And would they honestly know the difference? Like maybe you could just switch to you know one of their tangerine flavors or something. It's, Who knows? it's possible. I mean, for the longest time, uh, screaming screaming tangerine, I think was the closest thing that we had to yeah. Ecto Cooler. I think it actually was the same recipe as Ecto Cooler was. So. Uh, can always switch back to that. You can always try to stockpile it. I have seen photos online of people that have purchased pallets and pallets and pallets of Ecto Cooler. Uh huh. I-, I fear for your blood sugar levels, everybody. I'm I'm very proud of you that the stockpiling that, and we'll we'll come seek you out at the zombie apocalypse. But In- insert a easy. clip of uh, Wilford Brimley here. Diabetes. <laughs> Diabetes. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I don't. That's that's an interesting question. Also, the taste test. That's a funny thing. I wonder if the can. Because people have said the juice box tastes better to them for some reason. Okay, now I went a little crazy, but I'm okay now. <laughs> I want to come back inside. <laughs> Diabetes. Diabetes. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> you you just kept talking. <laughs> I wandered off into John Carpenter land. Anyhow, <laughs> that happens. Wilfred Brimley's watching you sleep. Diabetes. Diabetes. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah. Anyway, Ecto Cooler. Uh, so glad to have yeah. you back. Sad to see you go, but. Uh, I mean, again, much like the Wayback Burgers, uh, like let's be like Wayback Burger wasn't going to keep the ghost busting burger around anytime after Halloween. Like, I think it was cool enough that they that they kept it on their menu through Halloween. Same thing with Ecto Cooler. I think they realized, hey, Halloween's right around the corner. We can also market this in our seasonal section. And then after that, eh, we got to make room for all of the apple spiced stuff. So yeah. Yeah, it's time different, time different era in terms of sales and all that. I think there's something special about, you know, getting it for a little while and then it goes away again. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause I mean, by the time they announced it was coming back, people had reverse engineered some pretty good recipes to approximate it. Oh yeah. And so, that, that Coca-Cola was picking up on and, and, you know, pumping out through their official, you know, Twitter and Facebook accounts. Like the, there was the ice cream cake. There was the, um, the Ecto cooler martini. I'm trying to remember yeah. all the really cool. I think you posted the ice cream cake that looked pretty good i'm not gonna lie to you who was it chicago did they didn't they reverse engineer a pretty good ecto cooler that Uh, oh yeah before before it came back they did their homebrew ecto cooler yeah which i mean i think most people regarded that as about as close as you get without being you know buying it off the shelf yeah i mean i think what would be nice is kind of like what you're saying that it was nice to have it come back and then go away it would be really great if ecto cooler i don't know what the sales figures were like or if it was even viable for the company uh, whatsoever to do this but bring it back like booberry and and uh frankenberry and you know bring out those general mills cereals and put the ecto cooler underneath it you know and have that sort of seasonal like you know, about September rolls around. We know Ecto Cooler is coming back. Um, hopefully, exactly. I mean, again, I don't know if it was if it was a wide enough, uh, if a, a popular uh, group of people went and purchased it in droves and masses, or if this is just 
to placate the Ghostbusters fans could be could be either or uh but you know it would be nice to see that so maybe uh come come the time that maybe the animated movie or you know whatever's next for ghostbusters comes out maybe they'll bring it back out again and sort of tie it back in so but for the time being it's going away and uh so clutch on to it for dear life you're just gonna have to get used to pouring an extra spoonful of sugar into your (laughs) kool-aid Yeah, exactly. Just, uh, you know, cut a tangerine in half, uh, take a, a tablespoon of sugar and then, uh, suck on the tangerine and you'll be good. Uh, so just a spoonful of sugar and a spoonful of sugar and a spoonful of sugar and a spoonful. Sorry. Diabetes. There it is. Diabetes. Uh, all right. So let's talk about, uh, ghost core, um, because they did something cool on Halloween that I think is worth mentioning. They released a bunch of, um, assets, sounds, videos with alpha yes. artwork, a whole bunch of cool stuff, uh, through the official ghostbusters.com website. Um, things that I'm sure, you know, people, I think immediately asked you, Chris, will we hear it in the podcast? And you said, well, yeah, I mean, it's again, it's, it's clean <laughs> sound effects. It's something that we scratch and claw for, um, Why not, right? but I mean, I think the cool thing about this is, uh, you know, like much, much like Star Wars did when they started really embracing the fan films and saying, like, here you go, here's all the assets you need, here's the sound effects, here's uh, a tutorial on how to do a lightsaber, that kind of thing. Uh, the Ghost Core is really showing to the fans, hey, we want we want you to put these sounds into your packs. We want you guys to do the fan films. We want you to create with our property uh, to a certain extent. Uh, they will not allow you to put this on things that you're selling that must be disclaimed because I saw a lot of people asking that like I have a diner. Can I put this on my milkshakes? And immediately it was like, well, no, no, no this is for fan projects, not for profit. Uh, they're not allowing you to start printing this on t-shirts, which I'm sure a lot of people will probably do. Cause there are cool designs. I mean, cause there's, there's classic ghostbusters and new ghostbusters and there's those, did you see the schematics for the original uh, pack uh-huh. containment unit? Yeah. That was the third one. <laughs> Those elements actually were part of the, um, the, oh gosh, the art reference bible that they used to send out to, or and probably still do oh, to, uh, to license licensees. Aha! Uh, yeah, the, uh, some of them I actually recognized from that. I mean, uh, I'm assuming the the new movie, the answer the call ones. You know, they have their own package for that. Right, I, I only right. ever saw the classic one, but the silhouettes. That's why you keep seeing the same things over and over and over again on products being made by different companies. It's just part of, you know, Sony Consumers Products' way of keeping, you know, kind of brand consistency sure, across sure. multiple multiple manufacturers. So and and licensing. I mean, a lot of legal <laughs> things. You know, you don't see Bill Murray's face on any of this stuff, and exactly. you know, it's all stuff that's cleared and, and good for them to use. But uh, yeah, Slimers, Mr. Stay Puff, easy to do. But it's cool. I mean, in in turn, you know, now you have it to use on well, pretty much whatever you feel like, which is kind of cool. I'm wondering what you guys out there uh-huh. are going to do with this stuff. Um, so uh, if you guys have ideas, I mean, aside from uh, obviously putting it onto the soundboards for your packs or, um, you know, doing a fan film, do you guys have other cool ideas that you're using this for? Are you putting together, um, you know, calendars or sticker packs or, or things for yourself to, to be using at uh, cons, uh, whatever you guys are coming up with, the, the sky's the limit, which is cool. So, I want to hear what you guys are doing. Show us what you're using this stuff for so that we can help you kind of boost the signal. Hi, this is Stephanie. I am a participant in the biggest interdimensional cross 
1909. You are a most fortunate individual. Hi, this is Jason Stead. I'm a participant in the biggest interdimensional cross rip since 1909. Boy, the superintendent's gonna be pissed. Hi, this is Phil, and I am a participant in the biggest interdimensional cross rip since 1909. All right, so let's move into uh, some merchandise news because there's a lot of that that we missed over the last couple of weeks. Um, merch, 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 merch. Playmobil? Can we start there? <laughs> news, news on the merch. Sorry. <laughs> da, 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 da. <laughs> Doc, Doc Brown's on the notch. Uh, I'm trying to remember what they say at the... Oh, God, the Back to the Future ride. I can't remember it anymore. <laughs> news on the notch. Uh, the Nazis may have lost the war, but now they're <laughs> selling it back to us with Playmobil. <laughs> Playmobil German? I think it is. I think it's German or Dutch. It's, or Dutch. it's, the, it's the Dutch uh, competitor of Lego, perhaps. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> well, maybe we don't want to make ours configurable. <laughs> they will still be cute. <laughs> I don't you know switch, what that accent was. You can switch okay. hats. Does that count? Uh, but okay, all joking aside, these, these toys actually look pretty super cool uh yes they did the trailer which came out a little bit before halloween and then uh gizmodo i think was the the news breaker that that showed the actual photos of of the ectomobile the firehouse um dano with the terror dogs there was slimer with a, a hot dog cart um what am i missing stay puffed uh, quite quite a bit of stuff. I mean, it's it's a lot. It looks like multiple sets that are going to be sold separately, obviously, but uh, very cool stuff yeah. that's coming out next year and into the year beyond. Um, I, I guess it's okay for me to talk about. I saw a prototype of this in a display case a couple weeks ago, and and it was actually the day that that trailer came out. And I, I put two and two together. I'm like, oh oh, that's that's what's in the trailer. Oh, that's that's awesome. It's so cool. They look really great. They look so amazing. I. I, I just, for whatever reason, remember Playmobil being kind of cheap looking. I don't know. When I was a kid, there was a, a, a toy store up in the mountains that they had a, like a monorail toy and then like a hang gliding Playmobil, all this kind of stuff. And it, it just sort of, Ooh, it looked very uniform. I don't know. It may be that you're just kind of remembering it in comparison to the, the cooler it could be G.I. Joe He-Man style yeah. figures because they are very simplified and that's an aesthetic choice that only recently have you know has gone over big with kids right right very simplified but uh, to a certain extent much like the lego sets though there's a lot of detail on these now that's just the detail that i don't really remember as a kid you know i'd like to point out that at the exact same time lego was both popular and regarded as slightly boring again compared to he-man etc right yeah exactly I always regarded them as kind of like um, it was like uh, you know the same fun of playing dollhouse without actually you know getting a <laughs> dollhouse because yeah. that's essentially what they are dolls. right yeah they, you know they, they came with vehicles and houses and and everything was static right like with, with Lego you had to build it with this one you opened it up and you just and away you went you ready started to go. playing yeah it kind of reminded me as a kid it reminded me of the Fisher Price what were they called? The little people, just the, like the, the wooden toys that were just very simplistic and that's little people. Yeah. 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 And that, that's kind of what it, I sort of grouped it in with, but, uh, but looking at, especially Ugh. in the photos, these, 
it's almost it's very much pop vinyl now like they look like the funko pops um to us at least to me that's what they look like now again Fun, you, it may be wrong. different uh, Fun, funko pops looks like them because they haven't changed a bit well like in yeah exactly 50 years or something like that going toward that same aesthetic yeah. now my question is is why they didn't bother to give stay puff the little you know, fingerless hands. Like he's <laughs> uh, an entire set of Playmobil figures and all that sort of thing. You've just, it's another, st- it's like, maybe I won't bother buying that state puff because <laughs> I have 18 of them up on the shelf. Any one of them will do because they all look the same. They all look the same. Yeah, they do. You uh, know, I understand that they can't, you know, there is, it was a weird thing, right? Like Playmobil has their aesthetic. You can't 100% move it over to, you know, to a stay puff, but just little things like the hands, the little grippy circular no finger yeah. hands. Yeah, little you, mitten hands. Yeah. Mitten hands. He could have made like kind of, you know, fat marshmallowy versions of those and it probably would have, you know, read like a nice balance between the two. But yeah, I yeah. Know. I mean look, looking at the the Funko Pop uh Stay Puffed, he's got that sort of square head uh with the, the face that I mean it sets him aside from all of the other uh stay And Funko played with the face, right? Like so this is another good example where maybe you could have done the eyes and all that a bit more Playmobil sure, or sure. I don't know. Yeah, but uh, you know the other interesting thing too. Damn and I think, Germans! <laughs> yeah, exactly. Come on, your German engineering. Uh, but uh, to me, the other I, I don't the, the the figures are not distinctively Ray, Peter, Egon, Winston, or Aaron, Patty, Holtzman, uh, and Abby. Like they they all sort of feel. No. <laughs> <laughs> to the point where they confused people <laughs> when the haters will come out of the woodwork to, to poo poo the set and somebody has to point out, I think those may be the originals. Those are the originals. I mean, that's I, the, the toys are so they are kind of androgynous to begin with. So you don't know, like, is, is that supposed to be Kristen Wiig or, or Bill Murray? I, I don't know. It doesn't kind of matter because that's not really what the toys are. But at the same time, I think that's kind of cool because of what it's doing is it's mixing, you know, to your point that the haters are going, oh, it's the new Ghostbusters. And everybody's like, no, that's the classic Ghostbusters. It's sort of mixing the two together to a point where the yeah. line is completely blurred that nobody can see it. Um, which I actually, I really dig that. I think that's pretty cool. I mean, obviously the Ectomobile is the 59 Caddy. Um, yep. So, you know, that is crystal clear. Uh, but at the same time, you know, it's kind of opening up. I, I don't know. I mean, not just, again, not looking at this as a fan as a, oh, that's definitely Peter Venkman. Oh, that's definitely Aaron Gilbert. Uh, but as a kid who's playing with these toys, they can now transpose themselves into the toys. They don't necessarily have to be those characters. They can do the wish fulfillment through these toys, which I think is really cool. To me, that's that's yeah. awesome. That can be, you know, my son. That can be me, um, which is, is, is pretty cool. And maybe that's inherent, to, again, to Playmobil. I don't know. That might be some you know, a, a part of why they're so popular is that can be you you can be uh, playing as yourself, which is pretty cool. I don't, does Thomas, does your son play with the, the playmobiles? Is that something that he's... he does have a few sets? Yeah. He's a, uh, he hasn't, I mean, he's pretty young, so he hasn't picked one way or another. Um, you know, he's been given quite a bit of playmobil, uh, <laughs> it's funny, uh, by his, uh, his uh, his relatives with roots in Italy, so obviously there's a mm, European f- right. uh, love of it that kind of uh, permeates through. Because I know his cousin is the same way; he gets a lot of Playmobil, but then the other angle, he gets a lot of Lego, and he just really hasn't kind of landed in one camp or another. When you're four, 
Yeah, it's all good. <laughs> exactly. It's toys. It's cool. It doesn't matter. Can I play with it? Great. Can it go outside in the sand? Great. See you later. Yeah, the, the main difference is, is that, you know, as parents, you don't go too crazy until you figure out where they go because Playmobil is, and Lego, they're both expensive, but... You know, at least Lego has some sort of, you know, reconfigurability, replay right. value to it. Yeah. Whereas Playmobil, it is what it is. Yeah, that's true. But, uh, you know, it's, it's much like action figures. Uh, I feel like you're coming up with scenarios and that's cool. Um, hey, speaking of scenarios, ho, 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 segue. Uh, Cryptozoic, did you read the, uh, the story that they released on Halloween for the Ghostbusters 2 board game? No, I missed that. So they, I've been busy. busy you've been a little things. busy. That's why I was yeah. wondering if, if you had a chance. No, I haven't I read it. it either. I apologize to Eric and, and Dan, who I'm uh, I'm sure pumped their heart and souls as they usually do into this story. But uh, but yeah, the the backers of Ghostbusters two, the board game, uh, as a special treat on Halloween, Cryptozoic sent out an email to everybody with. Uh, kind of like they did for the first board game, that little pamphlet that's going to be inside the game when you get it that has the story that leads up to the scenarios that you're about to play. And, uh, you know, again, very cool to kind of tide us over until the game actually comes out. We still don't know when they're going to start shipping that, to my knowledge. Um, after we talked to Dan about it, I meant to, to look it up, and I didn't. But that's just me being lazy. Well, their Kickstarter was at roughly the same time as the previous one, and and I believe if people go back and listen, you and I speculated that they may have learned their lesson the first time around. Yeah, and would not say promising late it by Halloween and not October, getting people their games. Halloween, yeah, so early November. They uh, <laughs> okay inside the new year if you're lucky. I think this time they learned a lot of lessons off the last one, and yeah, it's yeah. it's coming. They're just. It'll be here when it's be here kind of situation. Yeah, it'll 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 come when it comes. Uh, and you know, they also did get. I saw. I don't know. It was a few months ago. They talked about they got a new shipping and distribution company again, learning from the lessons of the last release, uh, which is, yeah. is nice. You know, this is Cryptozoic. They're not just repeating their same mistakes, and they're listening to the customers, which is great. That's what Cryptozoic does, and it's it's awesome. So, um, so yeah, so we'll we'll read that uh, when Chris and I have some free time, and we'll get into that. But if you didn't get that backer email, um, I think Cryptozoic also posted it to their Twitter the day after. They they I think they wanted the backers to feel loved, and then they let everybody else uh, get get uh, to dig into it. So so that was cool. Uh, what else happened? Oh my God, we haven't talked in. So in two weeks, you and I, I believe, got the same special delivery, and we haven't talked on the podcast, and I wanted to save us chatting about it until that happened, but it's merch-related. That's why I'm bringing it up now. Um, the the amazing, the wonderful, the incredibly generous Naoki of the Ghostbusters of Japan, um, <laughs> who, who listens to this podcast, who interacts with us on Twitter, who is just like one of the nicest dudes of all time. Um, reached out I don't know maybe about a month ago and wanted wanted my shipping address and he was like I'm gonna send you a little something oh man thank you so much I I love all of the Japanese merch I really appreciate it I was not expecting uh, and as I'm sure you were not either Chris um one of those giant um like copier paper boxes like one of the that holds like six reams of paper one of those yeah. boxes banker box size just it was like filled with amazing stuff from japan um and we we've talked about it at great lengths on the show all of the cool stuff that japan has been getting they've gotten the popcorn and the um, the gummies and all of the, 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 their little like cracker cookies and all the like just awesome stuff. 
the box was filled with it. So, and even to the point where he, we talked about those garlic pepper Doritos on the show. I don't know if you remember that, but he sent you yeah. and I both bags of the garlic pepper Doritos. <laughs> he, he essentially used them the same way Ikea uses those, uh, the little, or not uh, Ikea, Amazon. Amazon, yeah. Those puff, those puff bladders, you know, the air <laughs> bladders they put in. He's like, how will I keep this safe in transit? And just like, Ah, oh, Doritos through in yeah Doritos and and candy and 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 so much great stuff. I'm still trying to figure out the best way to do this because I want to somehow share this with all of you guys because he was so generous in doing this. I feel really bad doing this by myself and and so I'm trying to like do I take pictures of it? Do I do oh uh, I posted video? on Twitter already? Oh you did yeah see oh that's I mean because <laughs> I picked it up and uh, well because what happens is is. I don't know about the rest of Canada. I suspect it's the same thing. But in Canada, when you're sent a parcel, they put it in a truck, and then right. the truck drives to your house. And then the guy can't be bothered to take it to your door, particularly if he thinks you <laughs> might not be there. So he walks up and he slaps a sticker on the door saying, please come pick it up at the post office. Uh. Uh, which, when you think about it carbon footprint-wise, is a little suspect. Uh, I think maybe if they just sent me a note saying, come get it, I, that, that'd be fine. Yeah. But it means yeah. I, I pick it up in the morning on the way to work a day later because it's like, yeah, we were here with your parcel and you can come pick it up tomorrow. It's like, thanks. Uh, thanks, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, so I took mine to work and, you know, cracked it open and uh yeah i immediately had to start sharing pictures and 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 uh garlic pepper doritos with the office it's like uh, <laughs> nobody could talk to one another for the say, rest hopefully of the day there were a few mints on here because they are very strong they're very um, strong they were delicious but um, uh yeah but so man holy crap dude thank you naoki this is amazing and and just I'm still so, trying to process everything that was in there it, yeah, I mean, he he really. I I don't know the best way to describe this to you guys that are listening. I mean, just the amount of care. I mean, it's it, it went far beyond just sending us a bag of Doritos. I mean, he he sent a, a plastic tub that has all of the cool little goodies that they handed out uh, at the movie theater and all of the little things you could get in the coin machines. And it was just it's like the nicest yeah. gesture that anybody has has really ever done. And keychains, so, the door keychain from the burger place. From the burger place. Yeah, and the stickers from the burger place. Um, yeah, you know, um, some sort of advertising fan, I guess. Maybe it was like it looked yeah, a little circular cut yeah. advertising the the home video, um, but it had a thumb holder. I thought it, I thought it might be a fan, like a fan, a, 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 a flashlight. He the the Japanese movie programs, you know, that has all of the oh, production God. notes in Japanese and. Um, so wonderful just such cool and and even to the point the little um the little charms that you can plug into the headphone jack of your phone uh which has it's like a proton wand with the beam and a ghost ensnared in it it's just just such (laughs) such cool stuff so i mean again i i know it's it's kind of like i got this cool present and i want to talk about it but i do i just i want to talk about it because it's you know it just shows how nice and great all of the fans are uh in in our community and we don't really highlight that. We always talk about the negative people and all of the people that are angry and trolling and doing all of this stuff. But, uh, you know, there are so many great people in our fandom. Uh, it's, it's worth talking about it. It's worth giving yeah. them the airtime. And so I gotta this, figure out what to send back to them now. Like, same like, here. Like, how do you, how do you, <laughs> how do you say thanks to that? Right. I, yeah. I mean, I other mean, than thanks, it's like, you want to, you want to return the gesture. And I'm exactly, like, I may have to kidnap Dan Aykroyd. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. 
I'm putting you on a plane to Japan. Uh, don't worry about this. It's repayment for something that happened. Uh, Can you get Crystal Skull in Japan? I don't. Crystal Head. I don't know. Prob probably. I would imagine that they import. Maybe. I don't. Yeah. It oh, seems that like might be worth looking into. Be, yeah. Yeah. But I don't shipping shipping alcohol internationally might be tricky. I don't know. We'll see how that Yeah, that's a I great idea though. Let's get him a signed crystal head uh vodka bottle or something. Um something. Yeah. But anyway, so Naoki, thank you again. Yes, um, thank you very seriously, much. Seriously, uh, amazing. And and thank you for just being such a great friend uh even though we've never met face to face and you're on the other side of the world. It's so awesome. Well, we got to hear him on the Halloween episode, though. We did. So. That was so great. That <laughs> We didn't talk about that at the top of the show, but the Halloween episode was a lot of fun uh, with all of the the video clips and, and all of you guys' greetings. And uh, you threw a few things that I had never heard in there, Chris, like um, the, uh, the Orson Welles War of the Worlds uh, apology. Not apology, but like a, hey, calm down. It's just sort a joke of, yeah. thing. <laughs> His backhanded apology. Yeah, exactly. How Go dumb there and are apologize. you? I'm sorry, you're idiots. <laughs> there, there's my apology. Um, the the real Ghostbusters song from the Halloween special that I hadn't heard in so long. Um, yeah, it was. Yes, it was it, a, intercut with Halloween three season of the witch. I was so proud of myself. <laughs> it was. It was all very clever, very cool. But also, yeah, featuring uh, Naoki and uh, Tom Ghosthead Tom. Uh, Eric uh, Reich, if you guys haven't listened to it, uh, f- go back and listen to it. It's something you can listen to. It doesn't have to necessarily be Halloween. It's it's a lot of fun. And, uh, and if you listen to for- it already and there was a five-minute gap in the middle, uh, go back and listen to it again. Cause <laughs> what gap? <laughs> that was my, that about. was my, that, is, uh, that was my bad. <laughs> That's uh, it's it happens, no problem. Uh, yeah, there. Uh, Once again, I would like to point out I've been busy and I made a mistake. I'm here. He's been very busy, and okay. he, he did put a lot of work into that. So, uh, <sighs> so yeah, dude, totally don't sweat it. Nobody else sweated it. Uh, but, but but he sent he sent me the clip saying go to four minute and thirty seconds to hear us, and yeah, it is. It's like. 10 or 15 minutes of just whatever park he's like theme park or whatever. It's just people singing and stuff going on and nothing like you, I can't hear them. It's like, it's just literally ambient noise of a theme park. And then at four minutes, 30 seconds, it's like, hello. It's like, <laughs> it was, so if you listen closely to uh, Mr. Uh, Foster coming in there, I left, I left a little bed track of, of, of Japanese, uh, 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 uh entertainment park. hijinks in the background. <laughs> Oh man, yeah, that's right. Tyler Foster had great picks for movies that uh, I had had not heard of that I need to go oh, and watch. And- yeah, actually, I'm glad you brought that up because I had no way to tell people about it in the podcast. But I went to look at the trailer, and I put I played a little bit of it, but of course it's in Japanese, so it doesn't mean much to anybody. If I'm watching the trailer, it's a little surreal and a little abstract, like you know, a house and a person, and they start talking. I don't understand the Japanese, and then the bit that I put in. You hear the scream, and they cut to uh, 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 fingers, like severed digits, playing oh. a piano. Like if you just imagine, like you know, six or seven fingers just poking at keys on a keyboard. I'm like, <laughs> I may have to watch this. Oh my god! Yeah, there's a lot of those. There was the um, Sl- Slumber Party. What was the Slumber Party Massacre Two? <laughs> Slumber Party Massacre Two. Yes. Oh god. <laughs> Which, which I loved because it turned out to be a uh, a home video. Uh, it was direct to the the, the rental uh, dealers. 
So it's like, we're bringing back the first one too. Get them together for 1999. And rake in the profits. I, I like to rake that in the tag. profits. <laughs> <That> was, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> totally different. No, but also a good then. point is that, yeah, they were female directors because I remember growing up looking at them and, and at the time didn't realize it, but it was, you know, because they popped out as kind of uh, more slasher stuff. Right, right. And, and uh, exploitive uh, to the sense that it was like Slumber Party Massacre. Oh, okay. It's like another one of those type of uh, films. But uh, Everything yeah. about it yeah, screams like, this is the cheesiest of the cheesiest. And it's like, it, except, oh, it wasn't made by some cheese ball of a dude and all that. It was written by women and directed <laughs> by a woman. And, okay. Wait a minute. Well, yeah. Wait a minute. So, yeah. Uh, cool, cool stuff there. We'll have, to, we'll have to go through all of those films and then maybe next Halloween we'll talk through uh, all the stuff that we teased in the 2016 Halloween episode right. in 2017 we can go back and, and recap maybe with Tyler on the show that would be a lot of fun but Ooh, uh, that would be good yeah yeah so um so yeah so Halloween episode go listen to that if you haven't uh, that'll be one that you can go back and listen to every year it's, it's it's pretty cool a lot of fun um what else is on the rundown here Ghostbusters oh answer the call uh flash sale it's actually over now unfortunately but they did a flash sale over halloween where you could buy the new movie for 10 bucks which was great they also had all three movies for uh 30 bucks it was like 29.99 um and then the the japanese three disc release we didn't get to talk about that a couple of weeks ago but they have this really cool um digipack release that they're going to be uh releasing in december if i remember correctly but the packaging is actually the proton pack and within the the dvd uh blu-ray case you get three discs and that third disc has 140 minutes worth of content on it so um yeah i think you figured it was basically the same as the edition the uk edition rather. i think it's the same as the uk because there's the uk steelbook that comes out this month which is uh same thing that they're touting that it has 140 minutes of bonus features on it i'm what we can't figure out and what we're speculating is that it's all of the deleted and alternate scenes that are only streaming on iTunes right now. Um, again, yeah, I'm just trying to do all of the TRTs and adding them up to figure out what comes up to that. Cause that's 140 minutes on top of the bonus features that are on the regular Blu-ray. So that's my well, guess. Reference, referencing uh, uh, Tyler again there. I think he uh, pointed it out wisely that Japan is uh, region one just like uh, north america is meaning if you want you can buy yourself a copy from amazon japan and uh it will run and it will play. player yeah. and and to that point so will the uk version because it's actually region free so, really uh, oh, okay so that's an want, interesting point now, i i own three versions of the movie already i guess i could own five <laughs> i mean we're at that point that maybe <laughs> might as yes, well just well, do but- it the one with the Slimer statue will be along any minute now. <laughs> yes, exactly. With the uh, the the extended extended cut of the film, which replaces some of the stuff that was in the theatrical. And uh, anyway, never mind. I'd buy uh, the anniversary edition with the uh, the lady Slimer. Oh I'd, yeah, that'd, so be, there a, you that'd go. be a good one to buy. To, to or the two of them together. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, to go along with that anniversary edition, the twenty fifth anniversary edition, that would be a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, <sighs> We but, haven't even thought about that. There's got to be some really great uh, Valentine's Day uh, stuff coming out with the two of them. Oh, that's that's true. If, some, I, if some we don't see Valentine's. any, yeah, exactly. If we don't see any uh, Slimer on Slimer Valentine's Day cards <laughs> at the Hallmark, whoa there, buddy. Just, whoa there. Well, <laughs> we'll if just we don't smooth. see some Slimer on Slimer, <laughs> just kisses. All right, Whew. you know what I meant. Just Jeez. kisses. I mean. 
I was I was wondering if I was gonna have to tag this one too with that. And sexes. What? <laughs> What's going on? Where am huh? I? Hmm? He's blacked out. That's what happens. That's what happens when you move houses. Uh, all right. Well, well, we'll keep it moving just so that you can get some rest, buddy. Uh, let's see. Paul Feig. Uh, I, we can just kind of briefly touch on this. He's getting a lot of ink, um, especially this past week about the sequel. Um, it's stuff that we've already talked about. It's him sort of doing the, I'm on the press rounds for the home video. I'm not going to squash the sequel talk. Uh, it's, it's stuff we've kind of already previously covered that we don't really yeah. need to get into. It's just him it's, saying nobody's approached me yet. Yeah. I'd love to do another one. What else do you want me to say? It's, it's that kind of standard, you know, uh, evil, uh, level-headed political answer sort of thing. And actually the, the part of the problem I noticed in the last week is entertainment weekly recycled some of his earlier interviews hmm. talking about it, but made it sound more like, so for everybody who's like, he's still talking about a sequel. It's like, no, I'm pretty sure that's the same thing he was talking about before. Right. Right right down to it was the last interview that he talked about it before in which he basically said, nobody's talked to me about it, but never say never, you know, unbelievable. Nothing until, you know, it happens. So don't (laughs) try not to go ape <laughs> it's kind um, of, i mean there was a there was a news item on cnn that i i thought god only in this day and age would cnn have to print a news item about how to tell what's fake news on the internet that was that was their whole thing was how, how to differentiate fake news from the real news when you're browsing the internet it's one of those weird things that uh, all right sure it's the, what the cycle is but um but yeah, it's 2016. It's 2016. Uh, some something that came up that's not on the rundown, Chris. That uh, is probably a little too inside baseball for us to really get into too much. But um, Hollywood Reporter uh, published an article today, actually, about the LSC Film Corp. I don't know. Did you see that? You've been really busy. I'm not sure if you've caught that yet. Nope, I did not see that. So, um, not not to get too far into it, but so the studios don't invest the entirety, the 100% of the income needed to make a film. They have other investment companies. That's why you see things like uh, the China film group and um, uh, German uh, corporations will invest in movies. When you watch uh, Star Trek, it's got Skydance, but then it also has the, I forget the name of the Indian company that also invests in films. But anyway, so these, these investors help the studios. Yeah. And it's because movies are so expensive. You're paying whatever it is, $200 million for a film. Now they need a little bit of help to sort of raise that capital to make the movie. And so you'll see a lot of these investment groups invest in films. Well, so Sony had a deal with this LSC uh, film corp. That was a multi movie deal that it it spanned across. um, I think it was brothers Grimsby, Aloha. Oh shoot. What was the other one that, that really underperformed? Um, there was a third or a fourth one, but anyway, so, so it was, it was a, a, a multi movie deal. Um, but Sony has had a bad string of, of an unfortunate cir- circumstances of Aloha didn't do well. Brothers Grimsby didn't do well. Pixels didn't do well. Um, and I, I again, I'm sorry, I'm blanking. I'll, I'm trying to look it up frantically as I'm talking. Um, but so anyway, so, uh, LSC pulled out, of their contract with Sony in the middle of Ghostbusters being 
released. Pride and Prejudice and Zombies, maybe? Pride, Pride and Prejudice. Oh, Money Monster. Here we go. Oh, there Brothers we go. Grimsby, Money Monster, and Aloha. Those were the three that they specifically called out. Um, but so, uh, same thing. So when you watch Ghostbusters, it's a Sony picture, but it's also a Village Roadshow picture. That's another investor. And then LSC uh, was listed on IMDb as a partner. And I think Paul of spook central even called out, if you look at the theatrical credits, they're still credited as, um, you know, investment or financing provided by, or something at the end of the film in the end credits. Um, they pulled out in the middle of ghostbusters release. And when you watch the extended cut, their logo, their name doesn't appear anywhere on there. Now, unfortunately, again, because of the ties to ghostbusters, everybody's looking at it like, Oh my God, they knew that ghostbusters was such a bomb, um, that, that they pulled out. They didn't want it to be, uh, associated with this film, yada, yada, yada. No, it was actually, it's a lot wider <laughs> of a net than just ghostbusters. This was an investment company that saw that their investment was losing them lots of money across the board and they pulled out and it just happened to be at the same time. And again, yes, ghostbusters did not perform well, so I'm not underplaying that, but um, it's just one of the cogs in this big machine that was rolling. Um, so it, it got a lot of ink today that LSC had pulled out with Sony. Sony, they're looking into litigation because it's they're breaching their contract. It's a huge to-do. Um, but if you read the Hollywood Reporter uh, article, Slimer's at the top of it, and they're talking about Ghostbusters losses. So that's why it kind of ties into what we're talking about here. Um, it's, you know... I think it's um, the, the quote that they have from a Sony insider, a former Sony insider, excuse me, says, um, you know, it's, it's really hard to bargain with this company because they had invested in all of these unsuccessful movies. You can't blame them for pulling their money out. You can't blame them for pulling their stake out in future films because look, I, I, you can't punish them. If you, if you have stock in something that is plummeting, you pull that stock out, right? You don't ride it until it crashes. And so, um, you know, they're saying that they got stuck with a lot of turkeys. You have to give them preferential treatment to make up for it. So it's, it's, again, it's all finances. It's all very inside baseball and not that entertaining for a podcast, but worth mentioning, uh, because that, that just happened today. So we'll, we'll kind of watch that. We'll see how that progresses. I don't think it affects the future of Ghostbusters one bit. You know, Sony is fully invested in Ghostbusters as a franchise. They're invested in Ghost Core. The LSC thing, again, was just capital for, for making the film. Uh, maybe even completion funds for making the film. I have no idea. So um, we'll, we'll keep an eye on that one. It's, it's, uh, it's, it could be big or it could not. It could just be something, whatever. No big deal. Uh, it's it's business. It is show business. So uh, one thing that we do have to hold people responsible for, though, Chris, that BBC quiz show, man, that really, really got to me. <laughs> is uh, it Ghostbusters 2? Is it Ghostbusters 2? So for those of you who haven't seen it, there is a, um, a BBC game show hosted by Shane Ritchie called Decimate. And I don't know why it's called decimate because I, I don't know what the, they have light walls behind them. And if you lose the light wall, you lose 2000 pounds or something like that. I don't, I, I didn't really get the mechanics of the game in the short clip that I saw, but it's a quiz show and it's multiple choice, sort of like who wants to be a millionaire. And one of the questions was in the 2016 Ghostbusters film, who plays Aaron Gilbert? And the contestant correctly answered Kristen Wiig, but was told that they were wrong. <laughs> 
<laughs> and, and so because there's this like wall of lights behind them that crumbles when their money goes away, you hear this like, and it goes, oh, I'm so sorry. It was incorrect. The correct answer was Melissa McCarthy, Melissa McCarthy. And of course, Paul Feig uh, caught onto this because he's a sharp guy. And he tweeted at the BBC and at uh, the, the host, Sean Ritchie or Shane Ritchie, and said, uh, no, 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 he got the answer right. He he deserves to get that 2,000 pounds back. I mean, it, it was like a huge sum of money at stake. It was like 16,000 British pounds on the line, but he lost 2,000 because of that. And uh, so, all right, it's a quiz show. There's money at stake. BBC, reputable network, obviously. Um, Shane Ritchie took this opportunity to, like, grasp onto it for fame it was a really weird thing i thought he was joking at first i don't did you see his response chris what what he said to paul feig i heard i heard it after the fact but i never saw it firsthand so so paul tweets at shane and says hey uh you guys made a mistake this guy deserves the prize money that's the name of my actress who played that character in my movie i will attest to that and this, this Shane Ritchie guy writes back to him like, ha ha ha. Oh my God. I did that on purpose just so that you would notice me because I want to be in the next Ghostbusters movie. All right. Okay. That's him sort of brushing it off. No, no problem. I get it. He's maybe a little embarrassed or something and he's just trying to, to joke it away and they'll figure it out, uh, you know, uh, offline. Uh, but then he kept going. He like tweeted at Paul like three or four times uh, the next one after that was something to the effect of, and again, I'm paraphrasing, but he said, um, I have always wanted to be in a big movie and I've been trying to get my agents to get me into uh, these big Hollywood blockbusters and that just won't happen. And I feel like now is my opportunity. And jo- I, t- if it was a joke, taking the joke way, way, way too far. Um, if it's a joke, that's some Andy Kaufman level stuff right there. Yeah, yeah, not not good. Um, and the funny thing too is, so in researching this for the rundown to talk about on the podcast, I wanted to know if the poor guys got the money. Like, did the did they fess up to their mistake and actually award him the prize that he was he deserved? Um, and the Belfast Telegraph was the only other. Um, uh, like a like a newspaper news outlet that didn't sort of just pick up on the Twitter account and and they called out his sort of bizarre response on Twitter, but then nothing. There's no resolution. There's no resolution to this at all. We haven't we haven't heard if this poor contestant got his prize money back. If the show has apologized for it, uh, it's it's very. I mean, again, it's um. We're not talking like quiz show levels here. They're not like Robert Redford's not going to make a movie about this, but it's it's also very strange that a big show that's aired on on national television uh, is, is is kind of just trying to sweep this under the rug. It's very strange. Yeah, I don't know how it like game shows after early scandals, you know, early in the the format, everything got very very locked down do you know what i mean I'm oh kinda... and very, yeah and very precise they had fact checkers and they had uh, standards and practices people that wanted to make sure that everything was on the up and up and yeah so you'd think that it shouldn't have even gotten this far like that <laughs> maybe well, and, qi and stole all the good researchers or something maybe, who knows but i mean this is this is to the point just a quick google search a quick imdb search like this this should have been a lower level question that would have been easy for any fact checker or, or somebody on the show to 
Not, yeah. How did that one happen? Feels, feels, really feels like they did in fact check it at all. No, no, no. Yeah. Um, so at any rate, so, uh, again, much like the LSC article, I would, I really want to follow this one and we'll let you guys know if anything ever comes of this, but, uh, yeah, just a bizarre one. And I'm wondering how poor Paul Feig is taking it that this guy is now just latched onto him trying to <laughs> to get his his five minutes of fame uh, from a, a giant error. It's just very strange. <laughs> well, what's his name needs to start up again calling into these uh, the, the late night uh, <laughs> lotto quiz shows and all that. So, Ian, are you there? Do you have the answer? Is it Kristen Wiig? <laughs> yes. Yep. Yeah. Oh my God. That would be brilliant. Yeah. If this actually was a call-in show, just, just bombard that guy with every answer being Kristen Wiig and just Kristen Wiig. not letting him live it down. There you go. Let's, I mean, make it happen. Let's make it happen. guys. Make it happen. <laughs> I don't really want to advocate trolling because I kind of hate it, but at the same time, if they don't fess up to this, they kind of deserve it. So, <laughs> exactly. So let's let's see if we can call in or, or tweet at them with, is it Kristen Wiig? God, that would be really funny. Hashtag, is it Kristen Wiig? Hashtag, is it Kristen Wiig? Yes. yes. Time for that one. Hashtag, is it Kristen Wiig? Don't wait another minute. Pick up your phone and call the professionals. Go, 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 go stoppers. stoppers. I'm sorry. We'll do it again. We want to hear from you. Leave us a voicemail on our call-in line at 470-242-4742. That's 4702-GBHQIC. We also have a Facebook page. And Twitter accounts. Ben is dead. No kidding. Just give me the address. Search Facebook for... The Ghostbusters. Interdimensional Crossrip. On Twitter, look for Troy at Ghostbusters HQ and Chris at Proton Charger. What the hell are you doing? If you like what you hear, please take a moment to give us a review on iTunes. Be sure to recommend us to your friends. That makes good sense. Don't wait another minute. Pick up your phone and call the professionals. Once again, our call-in line is 4702-GBHQIC. That ought to do it. Thanks very much, Ray. All right, Chris. So fun, fun episode. I know you're you're a tired guy. Uh, you're not tired. You're he's, tired. Um, I'm not drunk. You're drunk. That is a <laughs> big bird. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I wish I wish I could sleep sitting upright like Big Bird. That's a really. Oh, I like, can. I can't do that. It makes <laughs> flying gotta, on an airplane impossible. All you gotta do is watch me on a on a flight. I can sleep sitting up. Oh man, I can't do it. I just can't do it. Gotta. <laughs> well, so that you, uh, so you can get some big bird winks in. Uh, do you have any final thoughts for this episode? It's been a couple of weeks, so I figured I would I would give you the opportunity. Um, not really. My final thought is, yeah, I really. Well, I have the opportunity now to organize. I, I don't want to call yes. it a man den. It's not gonna. I don't. I don't like man dens. To be honest, I don't like the. I know. I know what people are going for, but I don't. I want to. Like I, I want a space. Like I need a an office. Yeah, like an office, like a studio. A, yeah, a studio. You know what I mean? Like I need a, I need a thing. I need a multi-unit. But but <laughs> definitely, uh, you know, as I'm in that space now, and hopefully as time goes on, it'll fill up with stuff and sound a little less echoey. But I'm kind of looking at it's it's in the basement, which means it's got the weird. You know how the basements always have weird shapes for ceilings and all that because right. they have to fit in. Yeah. You know things like I don't know pipes and wires for upstairs and all nah. that. So I'm kind of nah. looking at this odd space, going, how can I, you know, 
how can I put a you know, shelving in sort of thing? How can I use this weird space to, to show off my stuff? It can be done. But yeah, so that's, it's not really a final thought. I just, I'm kind of looking forward to, God, I've been reading since I was four. So I got a lot of books. Not even just Ghostbusters. <laughs> um, I Getting feel fortunate. I feel fortunate that I hit the, the the Netflix era and I got rid of some DVDs. But I think, like years of working in video games, I had amassed at least a couple thousand DVDs. Wow! Oh, man. And I culled some out, but a lot I put into storage, trying to figure out what I'd do with them later. And you know, it was long enough that now Netflix has kind of proven that yeah, the digital era is great. But I'm glad I still have a lot of these key things on DVD because they're not out there. Sure, yeah, they disappeared. So I gotta, yeah, I'm gonna have to get a wall of you know the home video well i'll have to uh lift off uh sean sheridan again a, a nice a nice callback to the halloween episode that the monster party yeah. guys gave us a really great shout out there uh <laughs> it's a call, very funny uh, shout out yeah matt weinhold's a filthy liar he's been on the data ghoul hours there's no way we're the second most fun he's ever had on a podcast after their own podcast i know he's been on awesome podcasts and i'm not downplaying us but holy cow um, but uh, yeah, Sean, you, you were there. You saw, remember that little oh, it's, it's Sean impressive. Had? He has his own video store. It's insane. He made it's a so tiny cool. little video store, and part of me is kind of like, I want a tiny little video store yeah. too. <laughs> well, you'll you'll have to uh, you'll have to take some photos and keep everybody on the proton charging Twitter updated as it you know start with the blank wall and then show us what it turns into. That would be really. Cool I will. I will do that. And the best part is spare room. So I think a certain somebody's gotta you know when the weather changes. Uh, Come on up with oh, the Sunshine sold. Coast. Sold. Uh, I'll yeah. come up there when the weather is what it is now. That's, you know. <laughs> well, we can't put the top down. Some then, rain and, and snow. Uh, oh, all right. That's well. right. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Actually, the way it's been going for you guys, come on up. It's cold and wet. You're like, Yay! Yay. <laughs> Something not 9 million degrees. <laughs> uh, hashtag drought. Um, but, uh, hashtag yeah. is it Kristen Wig? <laughs> hashtag is it Kristen Wig? Hashtag drought. Hashtag butts. To steal Camille known Gianni, I think. Um, but, uh, so yeah, so yeah, make sure that you uh, take some pictures and keep everybody updated on it. And it'll be cool. We'll talk about it on the podcast too. It'll be fun to, to hear what you yeah, did, yeah. what your project was that day. But what's uh, your final thought? Well, I banged my thumb with a hammer. <laughs> oh. I cut off part of my finger again. <laughs> um, silly man. Silly man. Um, all right. Well, uh, good, good chatting with you, sir. And, uh, good, good talking with all of you guys out there again. We've got some fun stuff coming up here. Um, we have a very special, uh, episode that's coming out on the 21st. Stay tuned to that. It's one that I'm actually really proud of. And, uh, not, not necessarily something that we produce, just something that's, God, it's just a lot of great content. So get ready for that one. And we have some really cool stuff coming on the horizon as well. So until then, we'll see you all on the other side. Thanks for joining the Ghostbusters Interdimensional Crossrip. Visit us at ProtonCharging.com, GhostbustersHQ.net, and StillPlayingWithToys.net. You could be one of my two favorite shows. You're kidding me. Oh, great. What was the other one? Bassmasters. Everything you're doing is bad. You truly scare me. I want you to know this. Don't look at me. I think these people are completely nuts. Next week, though, Careless Pets. Weird.